Hey there, and welcome to Radio Free Bay Ridge. It is New Year's. Happy New Year's, Happy everyone. Happy New Year's, everybody. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> All right. Um, it's wild in the Headaches household yet again. Uh, the home of the studio, Radio Free Bay Ridge. We're coming at you. 2020, buddy. 2020. It's here, finally. How long have we been talking about 2020? Dan, I really don't know why you're that excited. There's <laughs> nothing's going to happen this year that's it's, of any it's importance. A, it's a light year to this year. Very light year. I hope everyone's taking it easy. Book that trip. Yeah. I mean, November's a great time to go down to Florida, visit the Sixth Borough, and just see what's going on. Delete the most hyper-local progressive podcast that you have on your phone right now, which is Radio Free Bay Ridge. Obviously. All volunteer. We don't need to be around for 2020. This isn't an important thing. It's not like Andrew Gennardis is up for re-election. It's not like Max Rose is up for re-election. It's, Who's Max Rose? I have no clue. I've totally forgotten because he's not up for re-election. Oh, wow. That's really something. Somebody should tell him. And there's some big thing that's happening, too. I can't really quite put my finger on it this year. There's an Something in November. I'm not sure, but I'm yeah. Sure. Do, maybe our guests know. Do they, uh, anyone? I heard there was a new iPhone coming out. That oh, seems shoot. pretty cool. Damn. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we gotta have we've, a always wanted to, we've always wanted to transition to a tech podcast. I think now's the time. I, I mean, 2020 could be the year. Could be the year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Eric, who are these people in the studio? Dan, we can no longer survive this bit. We have a very exciting episode. Obviously, the hyperlocal is going national a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about some national issues. Everyone clutch your pearls on the subway. We're doing yeah, it. Yeah, no, we are doing national. There is no way of avoiding it in 2020. There is a presidential election coming. and An unprecedented is... presidential, Dan. Absolutely. And we got to cover this. This is going to hit Bay Ridge like yeah. another blue wave. Sure is. <laughs> So let's get into it. Our guests today. Our guests today, Dan, we have theater student at Hunter College, as well as the after-school creative writing teacher at IS 104, Matt Malloy. Yes, it is me. And now it's my time to say hi. Matt is both, as you cannot tell, this is an audio format, Dan. He is beardless currently, which is a shock to everyone. Absolutely. Walked into the studio and it was amazing. I have gone corporate. Absolutely corporate. We do not condone that on Radio Free Bay Ridge and you will be edited out of the audio. The second voice that you're hearing, digital director at an education nonprofit, Tyler Adams. Hi, everybody. How you doing, Tyler? Good. You know, I'm really excited that it's finally 2020. I'm over here with my champagne and I am ready (laughs) to make it work. So how is this related to the presidential campaign, Eric? Well, getting boozy in the podcast studio is very related to the presidential campaign, Dan. Always true. But in fact, we are talking to Tyler and Matt today because they are the South Brooklyn volunteer organizers for Warren for President. And we're going to have a few conversations about how we get a national campaign at the local level. We try to focus on Max Rose. We try to focus here on Justin Brannon, on Andrew Granardis. But like it or not, there will be a presidential election. We will have to go into a box and click some names. And there will be people roaming about the neighborhood with they presidential sure literature. There already is. I and hate to see they're right here with you. <laughs> exactly. So let's talk a little bit about what it takes to have a presidential campaign focus on the local level. You guys said South Brooklyn. There's a South Brooklyn presidential subsection for the Warren campaign. So what the Warren campaign has done is they've made it really easy to volunteer for Elizabeth Warren. Because of this, there are volunteers in all 50 states. And the way she does this is through a digital grassroots organizing app called the Warren Groups app. 
And the way that that um, works for New York City is there's a group. It's called New York City for Warren. That group has a structure. It is all volunteer from top to bottom. And each borough is structured in their own way. We are South Brooklyn for Warren. There's also North Brooklyn for Warren. There's East Brooklyn for Warren. Some boroughs, you know, Staten Island is all unified as one. Manhattan is really broken up quite specifically. Queens just split into threes. I noticed that you missed out an ominous West Brooklyn. Is there a story there? Yes, there's absolutely a story there. So at our inception, Tyler was there first. So I'll let her kick it off. By like two weeks. I don't even know if that. Yeah, I mean, so how Anna and I both got involved in what has always been South Brooklyn and what we are now allowed to call ourselves South Brooklyn for Warren. Like Matt was saying, there is this platform called All In For Warren, which... It's called Warren Groups. Okay, they now, switched it on Now us. it is called Warren Groups. It was called All Formerly In For Warren. Formerly known as All In For Warren. It's like a month ago. Yeah. Warren <laughs> Groups, I think, sound... Shout out to the ones who know. Weird. <laughs> but there are two brilliant women who run New York City For Warren, Z and Aaron, and they posted saying, here's your neighborhood leads who are in charge of, let's say, like Midtown For Warren or North Brooklyn For Warren. And I noticed that South Brooklyn For Warren didn't have anybody. And so I was just coming off a different campaign at the time, and I love Elizabeth Warren, so I messaged Z, and I was like, I would love to help start that. Maybe two weeks later, you came in and you DM Z the same thing. Yeah, I was just coming off of a summer job, a summer camp, and I was transitioning from there, where I wasn't really sure if I was going to go back to school, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I think I just kind of suddenly decided that I really wanted to put a lot of energy into the 2020 presidential election. Because it looms really large in my thoughts. And a lot of times I feel like (laughs) I wish I could do something. And it feels like the best thing to do is do something local. But I saw that there was this Brooklyn for Warren group meeting. And I was like, oh, wow, like the New York primary, I could get involved. Then I kind of said to myself, oh, but New York, that's not an important primary state. Something we hear often, probably like the second in our most. But then I, I, I went to their happy hour. I found out that New York is probably going to really be in play. You know, it is the second. Most delegates now, there's been some changes and shifts. It used to be fourth, but now it's second. This just looks like a very close race. This could really be something where we don't have a clear nominee at this point in the process. With all that being said, at that event, I heard that there was a West Brooklyn for Warren, that that was for Bay Ridge, that they were just starting. And I kind of wanted to see if I could get involved and maybe try to push them away from West Brooklyn. The second most frequently asked question we have is, why organize for anybody in New York State or New York City? Like Matt was saying, the first most frequently asked question is, what the hell is West Brooklyn? It is kind of funny to like hear people's guesses. Some people like Greenpoint and some people were like Bay Ridge, you know? (laughs) (laughs) One thing everyone would agree with, they'd be like, but that's not Bay Ridge. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. When the turf had been split up of Brooklyn, it was literally like, North, west, east, south. So the turf, as it was handed to us in in August, September, was Bay Ridge, Bensonhurst, Dyker Heights, Fort Hamilton, Borough Park, Kensington, Midwood. Am I missing anywhere? No, we added Sunset Park. Right, right. And we added Sunset Park because we're there every Wednesday and we love it. That is true. I forget that Sunset Park was not originally part of our turf and it has ended up being one of the places we are every single week, which is very funny. But yeah, and we rolled with West Brooklyn because that was the delineation we'd been given before we finally were able to persuade everybody to let us be South Brooklyn like our hearts and our maps were telling us we were. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't too long of a process. South Brooklyn really is something that people identify as. We really need to take advantage of that. And I think one thing that helped us in particular 
is that C, one of the two people who facilitate New York City for Warren, is from Bensonhurst. So you all participate in canvassing, you all participate in phone banking, the traditional forms that our listeners as activists or people who have listened for a long enough time would be familiar with. But you're also trying some other formats for activities. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think the most important thing that I'd want to convey about South Brooklyn for Warren is that we really want to build this community. And when you come to an event, we want it to be like something that's filled with joy, where you kind of walk away feeling like you're a part of something or feeling a little bit better than you did when you came in. We really want it to be a positive experience. And with that, we want to kind of have community events that aren't just geared towards electoral politics, but are really geared towards sharing spaces and sharing experiences. So we had a kickoff spectacular This was when we uh, changed our name from West Brooklyn to South Brooklyn. We called it the South Brooklyn for Warren Kickoff Spectacular. It was hosted by my very good friend, Michelle Schacht, who's a drag queen. She hosted trivia for us. It was a political trivia. The winner got $25 credit to Minis. Look out. Second and third place, there were some buttons, there were some posters. It was a really great night. We really want to do a lot of things like that in that mold. We all went to the Third Avenue Festival together over the summer, and that was another really great just visibility and community event. We always host a debate party when there are debates. We're really interested in doing other things in the future, like maybe volunteering as a group. It's really important to us. So you guys were at the Third Avenue Summer Stroll. That was back in the summer. How long has the Elizabeth Warren campaign been campaigning in Southern Brooklyn? Because Local campaigns usually are very quick. It's a couple of months before their primary, they hit their primary, and then there's an election, and then they're over. I have not heard of any political campaign locally that's been operating for over six months, and you guys have been here for how long? We've been organizing here since the end of August, and, you know, come November, fingers crossed, it'll be, yeah, way more than a year. So (laughs) That absolutely goes back to the importance of things like minis and drag nights and stuff to get people out and get them recharged. That's awesome. I think a lot of it is about like shared experiences, shared memories, and a shared reason to all be there. And I think in terms of the group of people that we've been lucky enough to organize, it's not just you only come because you're a diehard. We have a lot of people who are like, I really love Bernie. We have people who come who are like, I'm a better person. Less frequent now, but like being in the fight for progressive values, it isn't just around Liz. It's also around issues like Industry City. I'm really invested in what it would take to decrease traffic fatalities, particularly passenger and bike fatalities in South Brooklyn, because that's a huge issue. My local supermarket, somebody died outside there three weeks ago. And as someone who sit by a car within the last six months, I'm just like, this shit's real, yo. Like, we need to do something. So we are committed to Liz. We love Liz. And we're lucky that our volunteers also do. But we also love our community. And we love working together to try to find solutions for the issues that we're all facing, presidential or local. You know, it's not just that. What you're describing are extremely local issues, industry city, even things like a trivia night with a drag queen. We have the drag queen story hours. Is that the exact name? Uh, where yeah. The library? yeah, the library. Yeah, um, yeah. So it, it feels like something that's extremely local. And you're talking about bike fatalities. It's one of our biggest years for bike fatalities recently. Yeah, yeah. We're not a caucus state here. We don't have that kind of retail politics. But you're describing a very retail politics kind of system in a national campaign hyper-locally. Is that the kind of vibe that you're intending here? 
I think not at all. I mean, like, no vibe is intended. We sat down and thought about the things that we cared about. I am, like, salty as fuck about traffic violence. You know, it's, like, something I think about all the time. The things that we're organizing about, those particular issues come up again and again because we host every Wednesday, 7.30 at Minis, which is the greatest bar on earth at 885 4th <laughs> Avenue in Sunset Park, right off the 36th Street. Um, super great. Cannot recommend enough. We host every week there for two hours and... Sometimes we do phone banking, sometimes we do various actions, but often it is just like a community meeting spot where we talk about the things that we care about. And as a result, we've had volunteers from all different backgrounds bring their experiences, their perspectives and their issues. So when I say like, you know, it's not a purposeful vibe, it's because like we all bring things that we care about to the table and we all bring ways in which we can offer solutions. A lot of our organizing is about Liz, yes, but a lot of it is also just about the local things that affect our lives, you know? The reason that we're focused on Industry City the reason that we're kind of pulled into these issues really is because we find them because that's what our volunteers are interested in. And, that's what um, our community cares about. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think that really is a natural result of us creating a space where we all feel like this is where we can go when we feel like we do want to organize around something. Liz issues and local issues matter equally to our community. And that's why they show up to Liz meetings, but then we end up talking about local things. It's a really interesting parallel way to think about what it means to organize in this year, our Lord 2020 that we're currently sitting in, right? I am very young, so I am very aware I haven't seen much of the world. And I've also only lived in this country for 10 years, but we're all in this room because we understand that politics affects our ability to fulfill our basic human rights issues of national importance are heightened and people are more aware of how much there is to lose and that we could lose those things. Matt and I certainly, and it seems like a lot of our volunteers as well, we are not just organizing just for Liz. The way that political campaigns are historically run is that you have very brilliant, very quick, very personable college students or recent graduates basically imported into campaigns where they often don't have local ties and they spend two days do the rundown of like, oh, well, like this bridge was built and like that's been a big issue or like, oh, well, this road is like <laughs> a local thing or, oh, you know, everybody's mad about like this new school rezoning. And then they kind of learn these talking points and very quickly they go out and persuade people to vote for the candidate that they believe in. And I think an investment in the community you're organizing in to me is key. And I think that empowering local people in your community to volunteer for candidates they care about is, I think, a big part of what we see in Warren's campaign. And it, I feel really lucky that we've been able to be empowered by that structure too. I wanted to actually go back. I will remind everybody Radio Free Bay Ridge operates without advertisers. But we do need to talk about businesses because you drop minis. You've built a relationship with this business. Could you talk about what that relationship building looked like as organizers? I was at minis for a democratic debate. This was kind of a... This was September, right? Yeah, sounds right. A general democratic debate. It wasn't like a Warren event. So I was there on my Warren shirt and with my Warren buttons and a clipboard. And I was like, hey, we're West Brooklyn for Warren. We're trying to organize. And I got like a bunch <laughs> of people signed up. It was actually like a great night for me. I made a killing. But um, Henry, who's one of the bartenders, reached, like reached out across the bar to get me and was like, hey, you're doing something for Elizabeth Warren, right? And I was like, yes. I remember like he slapped the bar and was like, if you want this to be your headquarters, this can be your headquarters. I was like, what is this? Um, (laughs) This sounds great. What's your information? We may have hosted a happy hour that Wednesday. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, I think think the debate was like a Thursday and the following Wednesday we're like, all right, Henry, you said it. We're here now. (laughs) Yeah. And we we have not missed a Wednesday since. It's really been a home for us. The other thing that I'm hearing about this is I think a lot of people 
who have gotten involved in this neighborhood because of Trump, who have moved into the hyper-local. This year, I know that a bunch of people are going to be going out and going to other states to canvas and going to other places. Why are you guys here? Why are you not getting on a bus or going to some other state? Why are you guys staying in South Brooklyn? We have gotten in minivans, not buses. <laughs> you know, Brooklyn for Warren, they do once a month host trips up to New Hampshire. So definitely there is bus getting on happening in South Brooklyn, which is important. Every campaign has a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Everything we do is grassroots funded, which is to say like we do fundraisers and it's our own money. It's not like the Warren campaign is paying for our bus or paying for those kinds of things. A big part of the reason why we are mostly staying here and we're not going to New Hampshire every weekend is... For me, it's twofold. One is traveling like that is a privilege. It's a financial privilege. It's a time privilege. The Granite State is an early state, right? It's the closest early state to us there is. It's super important. How you do in New Hampshire has a huge effect on how you're able to mobilize other states across the country. But also people who live in South Brooklyn matter just as much as people who live in New Hampshire. You know, like for me, the reason why I care about politics is because that really is how we are able to fulfill and protect are human rights. And I know that sounds very obvious and very cheesy, but if you live in NYCHA, whether or not you have heat is a political issue. It is basic human fucking shit. And as someone who grew up very working class with a single mother who was a maid for a long time, I get it. <laughs> like I really, people who live in our community matter just as much as people who live in an early state. Something that I really like about Warren's campaign is that it seems like she's making conscious choices that make that clear. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to move to Iowa and that's my space now. It can be really, really hard to find your way in to organizing. The hardest, yeah. hardest thing is that first step. I am in year one of being a volunteer organizer. I knocked on doors weekly for Max Rose, but I've never done anything like this. And it was very hard for me to find something to do. And I think a lot of people experience that. Yeah. I think a lot of people experience like, oh, like I wish I could go do that thing. But like, I just, you know, like it takes a lot of legwork. But I will never, ever, ever forget that night and how I felt looking at the television in total disbelief that he had won. I'll never forget that feeling. I didn't do anything to prevent this. And, and I want to make sure that I do as much as I can to prevent it. And I don't know how to drive. Like, I can't. <laughs> yeah, this is also very real. I can't. If you go to New Hampshire, you need a car and a driver's license. I cannot. Like, I can't help. Like, I'm so, like, I really can't help. I couldn't volunteer or do much for the 2018 midterms, but I was really, really locked into the Father K campaign. It was mm. so, so important that he was running. And I remember, that was at least when I noticed Fightback Bay Ridge, and I started listening to the episodes with the debates. And so this summer, I was at a certain point where I wasn't back in school yet. I didn't have a job yet. I didn't really mm. know what I was going to be doing. So I was listening to one of Radio Free Bay Ridge's podcasts, and it was one that was kind of telling the story of how Fightback Bay Ridge kind of got their origins with Sally and Mallory. Just talking about how, like, well, I guess we're going to have to do it. Like, just, <laughs> just looking around and saying, like, I have so much energy. I want to fight so bad. You don't have to wait for anyone. You shouldn't wait for anyone. And we are all going to have to look back at what we did during this time 
beyond just watching the TV and saying, wow, this is crazy. Are they going to make a movie about this? I wonder who they're going to cast. Like we, we need, <laughs> like I hear people talking about that all the time. And I'm like, this is happening now. People are in cages now. Like people can't come here from Yemen now. This neighborhood in, in Bay Ridge, we have got to get out of this mindset that we are a neighborhood not worth fighting for or that this is a Republican neighborhood or a conservative place. It's not. We've done a lot of work. We flipped it blue, and I think we're going to keep pushing it this way. I think we're all going to dig in our heels and fight. And I know that this neighborhood does not want to nominate someone that they don't believe in. And I really do think that this is the candidate that best represents this neighborhood. Well, all I'll say is I think somebody should tell Maggie Haberman that we flipped it blue. She doesn't seem to have gotten the <laughs> message. I'm moving on now. Matt, you're new on the scene, as you just described, but you've been experiencing 2016 like all the rest of us. Tyler, you've worked on campaigns before, but all of us have an experience of watching that TV, experiencing our own feelings and deciding to do something new. Now it's 2020 and we need to get to November, January 1 now, November 11 months from now. How are we going to do it? Particularly, how are we going to keep the momentum up? How are we going to keep our minds anything but goo is what I'm asking. <laughs> if they're not there already. Yeah, I'm like, I don't I know mean, about you, Eric. I, I just <laughs> That's tri- just how it is now. <laughs> I just tripped through that question. So my mind is getting pretty close to goo as it is. I think the best way to do it I used to be a, like a runner in high school, a distance runner. If it's a 13-mile race like and you're feeling good in mile five, like you're probably not going to feel that way in mile 10. So pick up the time when you can. So when you do feel good, go and try to push yourself and try to step on the gas. But this is such a long haul. And one thing that I know Tyler does so well, she does a really good job of creating space for everyone who comes into contact with South Brooklyn for Warren, with me with her own work of setting, hey, like we need to treat ourselves well. We have to pick each other up. So I would say when you feel like you can be the engine, be the engine. When you feel you can help someone take a step back because maybe they're running themselves into the ground, do that. When you need to take your own step back, take your own step back. Knowing where you're at energy-wise and maybe developing an awareness of where your friends are at energy-wise, pick your friends up. Go when you can. Something that I learned today, and this is very funny that I learned it at this moment, is that Matt and I were both former endurance athletes. <laughs> oh, there you go. And I feel like that might be part of the answer. I was a long distance, very intense swimmer as a teenager. Something that we really prioritize and I feel like has worked really well is, this is going to sound cheesy, but like being there to pick up the slack when somebody else isn't. Like I recently in November, I had to take a little bit of time off. And Matt was really there to like pick up the slack for me. And there are times when he is away in New Hampshire or whatever, I've held canvassing at his house instead. And I just like show up and I'm like, hey, Matt's mom, like, what's up? <laughs> I am your surrogate child for these next three hours. So I think just knowing that it's a team effort, knowing it's a tag team and knowing it is a marathon, it's much better for us to be slow and study about this and have one event or maybe two events a week max instead of having like nothing happen over the winter. And then when the first ray of sun comes out of May being like, all right, everybody, here we go. Print that lid, paper band it together. No shadow, no shadow. Go, 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 go. Exactly, exactly. Like that is definitely a tactic you could take here, but it's much more important for us to build community and like make those spaces and keep them sacred, which means having our weekly event be mostly fun. 
we try to make action events be separate from our community building events, which is Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Sharing experiences, sharing perspectives, like you're able to like build a more enmeshed network that hopefully can pick people up when they're feeling a little burnt out or like they need to step back. And that way you don't infrastructurally lose the whole thing. You seem to be getting very good success from those things. You did a very special event for the New York City Marathon. Uh, and I wondered if you could describe that for our listeners Greatest as well. day of my life. Oh, <laughs> to see Tyler's face on the day of the New York City Marathon. Who would have known? Who would have known that it would be like my holy grail? I definitely didn't. Oh, my God. Well, it was your first marathon. Right, first right. It was, my first, it was my first New York City Marathon. I mean, my first real ever marathon. And for those of you who don't know us, which I guess is everybody, obviously, we often describe ourselves as April and Andy from Parks and Rec, and it's really accurate. <laughs> I'm sitting here dressed like an all black, like black turtleneck, whatever, like actually smiling because I love this podcast and I love these people, but definitely our personalities are very April and Andy. And Matt is very much the better canvasser. He's much better at being the hype man. But yeah, New York City Marathon, I was like, having the time. Matt had to drag me away, literally. He was like, relate. We're going to be late. Tyler, we have to go. We have to get in the yeah, subway. And I was like, one more cheer. So for the New York City Marathon, what we did for New York City for Warren is we organized visibility stations in each borough. I think in Brooklyn, there were two. And in Manhattan, there were two. And then there was one in each borough. And, and they each had these big Warren signs. A lot of them said, like, dream big, run hard. People doing voter registration at those stations as well. We had volunteers who were also running. Yeah. And so they wore like Warren stuff and we could kind of track them (laughs) on the app. Okay, like we know Brooke's coming. Let's get ready. I had so much fun. I went over to the start by Staten Island. And I think for a lot of people, especially Warren supporters, they're like, oh, my God, like you're here. Like, wow. And I was like, people were so happy. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're here and we're going to be there every step of the way. We're going to be in each borough for you. Literally Um, and metaphorically. (laughs) Plus, we also had these very fun and very unexpected Royal Tenenbaum style headbands Mm. that said, what did they say? I think they said dream big, run hard. But like the subway font. (laughs) And we were like handing them out to various people. There was like a dog wearing one at one point, not Minnie, but another dog that was also beautiful. And also Brad Lander came by because he's a big Warren fan and he loved it. And he took one. He was like, I'm going to wear this all day. (laughs) Like he is such a big Warren fan. And, you know, as a result, we're so grateful for him and also grateful for him in that sweatband. Another really fun thing we did was we marched in the uh, New York City Halloween Parade. That's right. Um, that was really That fun. was so long ago now. It's, uh, well, not really, but it feels like it was. So for Elizabeth Warren, for the campaign nationally, when you go to an event, you text this number. That number is 24477. Right now, if you wanted to, you could text Narwhal yep. to 24477. And see what you get. Yeah, maybe maybe llama also potentially just putting it out there. Mm, That's another llama. fun thing. Mysterious. There, I, I may or may not have spent an entire afternoon one day just texting like everything I could think of. The Warren team has surprises for everything. But if you do, <laughs> if you do want to get involved with Elizabeth Warren, the best way to do it is to text fight f i g h t to two four four seven seven. And so for the Halloween parade, we both dressed in like basically all black and had some very grassroots signage. <laughs> I like cut out two four four seven seven and text fight, and then we pinned them to our clothes. When we stood together, our front said, "I think Matt was two four four and I was seven seven. And then on your back, you had text, and on my back, I had fight. So I was a little worried about giving this nice young man something that just said fight on the back of his shirt. I was like, a little less likely, hopefully, to come and hit me. Um, so we had a whole contingent of Warren people, a couple dozen of us in different costumes. We had a lot of people dressed up as Warren, which was really sweet. Not, not, not to speak nationally for the campaign, obviously, but as engaged citizens. 
Do you believe it is a absolute necessity for political organizing and for campaigns to work in these kind of things that keep people going? So there's this training organization, I'm not really sure what to call it, called ARENA, like an arena the gladiators are in. And it's all founded by and run by former Obama staffers who have like been in politics since then. Anybody who's ever worked in a political campaign can really tell you that like, it's really a specific work environment. There's no HR. There has only recently been unions. My last campaign, it was me and my boss. It is like a very intense work environment and like boundaries don't exist. Self-care doesn't exist and burning out is super real. Often campaigns do feel like nothing, nothing, nothing. Two months before the election. Oh my God. Oh, we have to build this infrastructure night. Oh my God. Oh my God. Everybody. Oh my God. Because of the way that the cycle works, that is a reality. But also I think what we're seeing with the Warren campaign specifically is a recognition that it doesn't have to be that way. This is true with Arena as well. They're not endorsing, they're totally separate. I just happen to attend one of their trainings. It is possible to build something better. It is possible to build something different. It is possible to build a campaign that is unionized, right? The Warren campaign is unionized. I think Warren and Sanders were the first two to do that. And I think it's amazing that both of them are doing that because as someone who has been a campaign staffer, that's game-changing. It really is. Yeah. And so I think that obviously we're volunteer. We're obviously not unionized. We're obviously not part of that part of the war and world. But all my interactions with paid staffers, all my interactions with paid organizers who are full-time have really privileged a model of the campaign that involves people being real people at the same time that they're trying to elect a president. We've talked about energy. We've talked about momentum. We've talked about mental health. We've talked about things that are going to be happening. I say it as if it's like an illness. They're going to be happening to South Brooklyn. (laughs) Some Uh, people might view it that way. I mean... The national. Yeah, I mean, but it's that time. As this very local thing that you built inevitably begins growing after Iowa finishes, after New Hampshire finishes, there will be a shift of focus. How do you see yourselves anchoring your campaign and the local things that you've identified, traffic, industry, city, important local issues. I think in a really real way, our volunteers are going to lead us that way. A big thing that we've learned and benefited from is that if you create a space where everyone feels like they can give input and feels like they have ownership, that you will be led on the right path. That's absolutely right. And I mean, going off that logistically, what that's going to look like probably is we will see people who are leading Bensonhurst specifically, for example. That's something that we've kind of already started to see is more hyper-local organizing. Like Kensington is part of our turf and we have three or four people who live in Kensington who've already hosted debate watch parties and events. And so I think that kind of model is what it's going to end up looking like as more people get involved. Now that the holidays are pretty much over, I think that we're moving towards spring, slowly but surely we will get there. And as the seasons change and canvassing starts becoming more possible again, and that kind of outdoor flyering, tabling, events, that kind of thing, it'll look like a Bensonhurst team, Diker Heights team, a Kensington team. And Matt and I really definitely being there and doing just as much work, but it's going to look different because we're no longer like, is there anybody out there in Sunset (laughs) Park? You know, like Manhattan Beach, where are you? Um, Because it'll just be different. And sometimes it's also just about showing up and supporting an action. Like a long time ago in a galaxy far away, like public charge, when that was just beginning to come out. I know like I went and there was another Warren person from our group that went and we kind of supported 
doing that kind of work. Like the TJ Maxx one, yeah. Yeah, and then that as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was the harassment of the woman on uh, 86th Street at TJ Maxx. I think that was uh, Bay Ridge for Social Justice. Yeah. I think they organized. Yeah, back hey, in the um, shout out. They're going to be on the show coming up quite soon. Yeah, they're, oh, about, that's awesome. they're about to do their own episode. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a privilege to share this platform with them for real. All the same. We do have one final thing and it is going to Matt. Matt, I'm so sorry that we have to bring <laughs> this up yet again for you. It clicked, listeners, but Matt is very famous, not only because he is a great creative writing teacher, but he was, in fact, the infamous last person in line for the Warren Washington Park rally. The guy who was at the end of the four hour long line, he got a little bit of immediate attention. Matt, is there anything left unsaid? The, the biggest thing that I'll really take away from that night is how impressive the volunteers and the staff were at Washington Square Park. I was a volunteer on that day. I showed up at, I think, 11 a.m. or something like that, left at like 12 a.m. The first thing that I, I took away from it was just how big an event like that can get and, and how hard it can be to control. Because when we kind of went to that transition to the selfie line, that's when all chaos <laughs> broke out and they called all hands on deck. If there are any volunteers here please help us. And like, we all like started working together to try to figure it out. And we started like stringing people around the park. And then like very quickly, people were like, we run out of room. So we're like, <laughs> okay, we got to like start making zigzags. And it was, I was sweating and I was so tired. And this person like offered me a bottle of water and, I, and it was like the biggest deal. Like it, it was really an athletic event to get through. <laughs> and then of course, when I did get to take my selfie, with Elizabeth, just that she was still completely present with me and made time for me after being there for, I think, four hours. Um, that was my biggest takeaway. I was really blown away by how just impressive the volunteers and staff were at the Washington Square Park event. As my British boss will remind me often, especially when we are at Amtrak or in the airport, Americans are terrible at queuing. They really are. Yeah, We just can't do it. And uh, yeah. it takes a huge effort, like what you're describing, to make us stand in a line correctly. We're almost out of time, but before the end music plays, I did want to share a little bit of New Year's Radio Free Bay Ridge trivia for everyone. Matt, you'd mentioned earlier that you started getting involved politically during the Father K campaign back in 2017. Father Katerly Yatim, who galvanized the Arabic community in Bay Ridge during his attempted run for city council. Well, listeners, our end music itself, which might be playing now or very soon, is actually Battle Hymn of the Old Republic. The melody is also used, though, for Solidarity Forever, an old Union Solidarity song, and Father K's campaign song as well. And every time it plays, it reminds me of the moment when I myself and so many others first got involved in local politics. We are on the other side electorally in Bay Ridge of this moment. This electorate was expanded. So many voters were registered. Yeah. It's just so important to show up for that community again and make sure that we continue those organizing efforts. That is how we slayed the dragon. That is Marty Golden. And that's how we're going to continue to move forward into 2020, where many of the heads of that dragon remain to be defeated and are running again for office. Marco Kepi, Golden's former staffer, is running. Nicole Maliotakis, who inherited Golden's chief of staff, Jerry Kassar. Leah McCabe is running, who was a key player in expanding the Tea Party in Brooklyn and is likely running against Andrew Gennardis. 
us in this room, us listening, let's make sure we fight for Bay Ridge because we need to fight. We need to dig in our heels. Now is not the time to say, oh, that was great. We won. We flipped it. Now is the time to stay here and make sure we fight for Bay Ridge. It's 2020. Let's get it going. Game time. (laughs) Game time. Let's do it. So where can our listeners find you? What can they go to if they want to get involved? And is there anything else that you folks want to plug before you leave? Yes. So we have our organizing happy hour every Wednesday at Minnie's Bar in Sunset Park. That's at 885 4th Avenue. We're on Facebook at South Brooklyn for Warren. We're on Twitter as SBK for Warren. (laughs) That's where we're at. Yeah, yeah, that is where we're at. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, and thank you guys so much for coming. Until next time. Stay Stay free, free, Bay Ridge. Ridge.